Looking for health info? This is Health News House Call, part of Hackensack Meridian Health's podcast. We're here to provide you with the tools and resources to make informed decisions about your health. Here, our expert providers will provide you with wellness tips, information, and general health advice. This is House Call. Clicks, cracks, stiffness in the jaw can make eating and speaking difficult or painful. Temporomandibular joint and muscle disorders, or TMDs, are the most common causes of joint pain, affecting over 11 million Americans. We have oral and maxillofacial surgeon, Dr. Shahid Aziz here today to give us the download on TMJ disorders and how they can be treated. So thanks so much, Dr. Aziz, for being here. I hope I didn't butcher any of those big words. Thanks so much for having me. Great. Well, thank you for coming in. Um, So today we're going to talk about jaw pain. Okay. So maybe let's just start, if you could explain what TMDs are. So TMD refers to uh, the temporomandibular joint or the jaw joint. And and specifically, uh, it stands for temporomandibular disorders or, you know, pain in the jaw joint. All right. Basically, Mm -hmm. any pain you have in the jaw. Mm -hmm. So why do these happen? Um... There's a whole spectrum of reasons why it happens, but most commonly it's usually from stress, from grinding your teeth, from clenching. Um, You know, those are the most common reasons you have jaw joint pain. That would make sense. Are are any of it genetic or is it mostly, you know, brought on by something you're doing? Um, This is mostly due to um, stuff that you do. Uh, Once in a while you can see... um, actual anatomical issues with the jaw joint that could be causing uh, the jaw joint uh, pain. So that would just be like a structural deformity you're born with? Correct, correct. Interesting. So because you said a lot of this is brought on by stress, I'm Mm -hmm. guessing many people, we just kind of like unconsciously clench. Is Mm -hmm. that the cause? Yes, a lot of people, I think, clench and grind at night, especially when they sleep. And um, they put a lot more force on their jaw joints than is normal and as a result um, in the center of your jaw joint is a little piece of cartilage known as a disc and when you when you put more pressure on the jaw joint um, you cause some inflammation in that disc and in the tissue around the jaw joint and that's when you start getting noise Uh, we call it crepitus or clicking and popping Mm -hmm. when you open and close and and the reason for that is that disc once it's inflamed is thick and as it thickens um, it has to move as the jaw joint opens and as it thickens it's harder to move and uh, it's inflamed so anything inflamed hurts yeah Um, so that's why oftentimes it um, causes a lot of pain and noise at the same time Um, typically it often starts with just a little bit of noise as I mentioned crepitus um, and and then it continues into pain and ultimately, untreated, it can actually impair your ability to um, chew or masticate, um, or it can be very painful just to speak and that sort of thing. So um, that's why it's important to sort of catch this early on and treat it. This is all very concerning because I have a clicking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not why we brought you here, but mm-hmm. I do. Um, and I've never seen a, a surgeon or anything sure. about it. My dentist always said, it's like, oh, you're probably clenching your teeth at night. Sure. So since it's something we're probably doing unconsciously, like you said, sleeping, grinding, mm-hmm. clenching, mm-hmm. what are treatments? Well, you know, the first and foremost, since it's stress-related, is obviously kind of trying to 
minimize that stress, whatever that may be, um, and however you may be able to do that. That's much easier said than done. So um, like anything um, that we treat, we start conservatively and then move our way to more invasive procedures. And so when someone comes initially to see me um, with pain in their jaw joint, um, I often will recommend something like a night guard. It's what I call a TMJ splint on their lower teeth. Um, it's a thick splint that um, when they grind and clench, it uh, sort of absorbs a lot of the forces. And so it relieves some of the pressure or inflammation on the jaw joint. Try that for a couple of months and see if it helps. Um, more often than not, it does. And that's where it's sort of done at mm -hmm. that point. They just have to wear that splint um, for a while. It could be a few months. It could be a year. It could be more until they're got, they've gotten to the point that they don't really have a lot of discomfort and they've gotten to the point that they don't really necessarily need to wear anything. If it doesn't... So when you say a splint, what yeah. does that look like? Is that So it's a little... Like it's a like a retainer. retainer. Yeah, oh, it's okay. like a retainer, but it's, it's made of a much um, thicker and harder plastic. Mm -hmm. And again, it absorbs um, a lot of the pressures that you generate when you clench your grind. And oftentimes people wear it at night. Uh, I often recommend people wearing it in addition to when they're sleeping. If they're sitting at home watching a movie, going for a long drive, um, you know, um, listening to a podcast, uh, <laughs> yeah, just sit, sit, perfect and, time. Uh, sit and wear that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So they'd wear the, the splint. And you said it, it, it's not like a forever thing. So at some point, does that kind of train their jaw to stop? doing well, like the clenching or well, how does the hope, that the, the hope is that it, it will reduce the inflammation and then they can sort of start weaning themselves off of wearing it to the point that maybe they can go a couple days without wearing it and wear it and then take it away for a few more days and then eventually go without it um you know that's typically what i try to have people do and that usually is over the course of a year mm -hmm. of, of wearing it so, so what happens if you know no dice it's so not if it doesn't work so usually i have patients uh try this out for two to three months if it doesn't work then we go to the next level um which is a combination of muscle relaxants um we can also try some botox in the joints but what i found at this point works best is something called an arthroscopy and an arthroscopy is basically I have the patient go to sleep, uh, sometimes in the office, sometimes um, in an ambulatory surgical center. And I take a little camera, an arthroscope, um, into the jaw joint and sort of look around. And at the same time, I'm injecting some steroids, um, injecting um, um, some uh, pain medication, and anti-inflammatory medication as well as rinsing out the joint and rinsing the inflammation away and that typically will relieve a lot of the discomfort uh, a patient has um, you said rinsing the inflammation away what is correct. the inflammation then so the inflammation is basically there's a lot of inflammatory mediators in a joint um, known as a synovial joint and the jaw joint is a synovial joint um, in a joint um, that has fluid in it, um, a synovial joint, there are inflammatory mediators in the fluid. And you rinse all of that out um, when you do an arthroscopy. And it's also 
known as an arthrocentesis, and you're um, rinsing all of that inflammatory fluid out and replacing it with um, just sterile water, for example. And the other thing is when you have inflamed um, inflammation in a joint, um, the joint tends to be a little dry. So also uh, injecting a joint lubricant um, makes a big difference as well. So we do all those things during the arthroscopy, arthrocentesis. It's a very quick procedure. It's 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And um, oftentimes that will provide a significant amount of relief um, in these patients. Um, and typically, you know, then I follow the patients for several months. And I would say the majority of the time um, doing that, they're good. Um, but once in a while, they may relapse a little bit. And so we may consider repeating it in like six months to a year. Um, or at that point, getting um, an MRI of the jaw joint to sort of get a look at the soft tissue in the jaw joint and see if there's anything that um, else we can do, which is a little more invasive surgically. Yeah. For anybody who's looking into doing that, what is mm -hmm. that? It, it doesn't sound like it's too crazy of a procedure. Mm -hmm. Like you're not cracking bones or doing anything Correct. like that. But like Correct. from insurance perspective, would that normally be covered? Um, I don't know if you'll the, the, the You know, the, the one of the nice things about HMH is that we take virtually every insurance mm. with one or two exceptions. And um, by and large, in my experience, um, we've been able to get most of this covered uh, through insurances. Oh, so, that's great. And again, um, the splint is something we do in the office. Mm -hmm. The arthroscopy and arthrocentesis is something we do in the ambulatory center, so it's an outpatient procedure. Um, so, you know, usually insurance companies do cover these things. That's great. So two other things I heard you say was you could do Botox or muscle relaxants. Let's mm -hmm. start on muscle relaxants. Sure. If it's in your jaw and you're taking a muscle relaxer, are you going to be mm -hmm. able to talk? So, you know, every bone has, for the most part, has muscles attached to it. And um, oftentimes when you're grinding, you're moving what are known as the muscles of mastication, and they also get inflamed they get tight and so uh, as an adjunct to the things that i mentioned sometimes a muscle relaxant will help um, in fact uh, sometimes more of the pain is from uh, inflamed musculature than the actual bone in the joint itself so sometimes muscle relaxants may be an alternative to what we discussed especially if the muscle is um, if you can really elucidate that the muscle is the source of the pain. Um, so muscle relaxants will help, you know, resolve a lot of the tightness um, and inflammation in the, um, in the muscles of mastication, so to speak. And um, so that's often a good adjunct. Um, Botox. Would you take that at night, though? Yeah. So, so, yeah. so I typically recommend... Um, taking it just at night at bedtime. It'll help yeah. you sleep. And, um, you know, you don't want to take it during the day because it'll make you sleepy mm -hmm. uh, as a side effect. I usually do a very low dose initially. Um, and, again, I only give it at night. Yeah. And yeah. then that's probably not something you'd want to be on for a prolonged no, period, No, and right? that's, again, a limited mm -hmm. amount of time. And, and um, again, I try a two-week course, and then um, I'll try to wean the patient off of it and see where, where we go. And oftentimes this is done in conjunction with the other things that I mentioned. Yeah. All right, let's hit Botox. Okay. What's Botox going to do so for you? So Bo Botox um, is basically, 
you know, a medication to paralyze some of the muscles. So when certain, you know, muscles are um, contracting, um, putting a low dose amount of Botox into your jaw joint can actually create some relief. Um, obviously, you don't want to do too much, but um, it has been found to um, do some relief. And these are, again, all adjuncts to the surgical stuff. Right. Yep. All right. So I guess symptoms of concern, like when when do you hit this next level of saying I should get some help? You know, I think I was reading like you could have headaches. You could mm-hmm. have what are other mm-hmm. things that would happen if you had one of these well, disorders? Well, uh, you know, uh, um, you obviously have um, isolated um, jaw joint pain, facial pain. You can get headaches. You can have uh, visual changes, neck pain, shoulder pain, um, things like that. Um, oftentimes, muscular skeletal pain um, in the face, neck, shoulders um, includes jaw joint issues. So you may need to have a good um, uh, physical therapist as part of the team, um, a good um, you know PMNR, phys- physical medicine doctor involved, a neurologist involved. Um, as part of your team to manage, you know, multiple symptoms if it's more than just um, jaw joint pain. So if somebody had neck or shoulder pain, mm-hmm. there would there be like a jaw indication, like they would have joint pain or jaw pain too? Yeah, it's not like you would just have shoulder pain and be like, you know what, We're, that's your jaw. Right. Typically, when um, somebody has associated neck, shoulder headaches, that sort of thing, they often will see um, a neurologist. Um, or they'll often see a physical therapist or physiatrist, and that particular individual will say, well, uh, in addition to your neck and uh, shoulder pain uh, or facial pain, you have jaw joint issues. You should go see a um, TMJ specialist, um, which is usually an oral max facial surgeon. It's all connected. Um, so it's all, it's all taking us down. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Are there things people can do, I guess, to lessen pain? I, I know, like, chewing gum, eating bagels, mm-hmm. opening your mouth super wide, that's all going to, mm-hmm. I guess, create more inflammation? Yeah, so so one of the things initially uh, early on in treatment, um, in addition to wearing the splint, we'll talk about, you know, avoiding really chewy foods, really hard foods, like, as you mentioned, the bagel, um, an it's going to be hard in New Jersey. How are you going <laughs> to not have your bagel? Very true. Very true. <laughs> um, so you want to avoid like, you know, really um, hard, chewy food as well um, to try to give your jaw a break. And, and you know, the way that I sort of um, um, what I usually use as an analogy is, you know, if you imagine you, you know, you sprained your um, um, wrist, for example, you know, you're going to wrap it, ice it, uh, and you're going to try not to throw fastballs, for example. Yeah, you won't be going out playing tennis. Right. So so it's the same sort of concept. You're not going to be trying to um, maximize your functioning of your jaw joint by eating all kinds of things, opening your mouth terribly wide, uh, that sort of thing. So um, soft diet, I think, is important. Um, I often recommend at night warm compresses as well. Um, and again, this is all early on in treatment when we're sort of in that phase of splint therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, as I mentioned before, uh, we move on to more um, invasive things like the arthros- arthroscopy, arthrocentesis, 
and then I would say 90 plus percent of the time by that point of the treatment patients are typically um, doing just fine and we don't really need to continue with much more invasive things that's good yeah. I would yeah I, w- I would imagine if it's caused from like your stress and clenching I'm surprised to hear that it it kind of gets better it does I think I think people also have to you know um, take an active role in reducing you know whatever the cause of their stress is um, other like just in general specific uh i guess exercises you show patients on like you know stress relief or jaw massage or anything um, like that y- no i mean as far as jaw massage i mean people can do that um warm compresses i think work really well but you know i think if if um people tend to clench and grind it often is due to underlying stress and i always tell everyone try to figure out where that stress is coming from and act on it and do something about it Um, because that'll go a long way not just from your job perspective but just from a holistic kind of whole yeah mind body perspective um you know stress in general for most of us isn't a good thing right and i'm sure if you're stressed and your jaw hurts you probably got something else going on too sure so Mm -hmm. definitely so if someone has this kind of pain and they're just you know riding it out seeing Mm -hmm. what happens can this can this escalate to something bigger? It certainly can. I mean, you know, rarely, um, obviously, it's going to uh, impair your ability to function. Um, you're going to have pain. It's going to hurt when you eat, hurt when you speak, hurt when you yawn. And that obviously will interfere with your acts of daily living. You're just going to be in pain. So um, certainly that, that has a major impact. But if you really leave it untreated, uh, chronic inflammation in any joint or arthritis results in degeneration of the joint. That's why people get knees replaced. That's why people get hips replaced and more rarely get jaw joints replaced. And so, you know, kind of the end stage of all of this is you've had so much inflammation that your jaw joint now is not just dysfunctional, but it's dissolving and it's it's throwing off your bite it's throwing off your facial skeleton um and um it needs to be fixed and uh, more often than not one of the modalities is actually doing a joint replacement and while that sounds extreme it's sort of similar to you know a knee replacement or a hip replacement just scarier because it's your face yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. um is this something you can see from the outside like, can you look at a patient and say, oh, I can tend, I can see some inflammation? There. Um, not typically. I yeah. mean, sometimes if the jaw joint is resorbing, um, dissolving from progressive arthritis and inflammation, um, you can see what happens is the uh, chin actually recedes, the bite opens up, and so you can see those things. Mm. But on an everyday uh, on an everyday level if somebody just has pain in their jaw no you you typically won't notice that when you don't treat this you end up uh, causing resorption of your what's called your condyle which is the the jaw joint part of the jaw joint that's attached to your lower jaw and as the condyle starts dissolving or resorbing your bite opens up and your chin recedes and you end up with what's called an anterior open bite and the treatment for that is to do a joint replacement 
Um, and that's a major surgery, like any type of joint replacement. You know, in my hands, um, a single joint replacement is four hours, and um, a, a bilateral joint is eight hours or more. It's an all-day thing, and um, it's a it's a big procedure. Um, and there's a lot of um, a lot involved. There's a lot of recovery time involved um, um, when you're when you're doing a procedure like that. Um, fortunately, you know, in, in my hands, it's, it goes fairly well. And, and with technology evolving, medical technology, biomedical technology evolving, um, we're able to make custom joint replacements, meaning uh, joint replacements that are um, molded to fit into a patient's specific anatomy or spe- patient-specific implant is what we like to call them. Um, so, so we do have technology helping us. But um, in a worst-case scenario, with jaw joint pain and jaw joint dysfunction, you know, you, you end up getting a joint replacement. And conceptually, it's just like if you needed a knee or a hip replaced. The joint stops working. It's causing too much pain, and um, you have to just put a prosthetic joint in. So that's the worst case scenario. That's you basically, case yeah, scenario, you don't want to wait yeah. till it gets to that point. No, ideally not. Yeah, no. that so, makes sense. Yeah. Is there anything else that you just generally advise patients of if they come in, you know, just good jaw health tips? I think in general, you know, why do people, as I mentioned, clench and grind? It's because of stress. So um, dealing with that stress, um, having a good How support system. How do you deal system, with stress? Uh, I have um, a good support system. Mm-hmm. I have, um, uh, you know, a great family. I have a, a great significant other. Um, and, um, you know, I, I try to exercise. I try to, um, you know, when I'm not working, uh, spend some quality time with my children and relax. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's important. Um, so I think that's one thing. Keeping really good oral hygiene is really important. Um, you know, uh, going to your dentist, general dentist, every six months for just a quick exam, and um, the dentist, the general dentist, he or she can also, as part of that quick exam, examine your jaw, mm-hmm. uh, jaw joint, get X-rays of your jaw joint, just to see if anything's going on. And off, more often than not, if they're concerned, they'll send it to somebody like me uh, for a second opinion. Yeah, so, so that's good. Making sure you're covering. Yep. Base mm-hmm. one, yep. stress, dental hygiene, and mm-hmm. then, you know, if we need to hit that next level, that's right. where we go. Yep, correct. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Dr. Aziz, thank you so much. This was okay. very insightful. Cool. I will be paying attention to my jaw, making sure if I hit that level of pain, I'll be coming to see you. So thank you again. Thanks for having uh, me. Hope this helps. Yep, thanks so much. The material provided through this podcast is intended to be used as general information only and should not replace the advice of your physician. Always consult your physician for individual care.